Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. I'm Tony Haggerty. Oh, a Haggerty 10. I've, you know my Twitter handle anyway, but you know who I am too. And I'm joined today by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. Yes, indeed. The night, it's the morning after the night before Aidan and uh, a sobering trip to Madrid, but we'll come to that in a second. I'll just direct your attention to the strap line running along the bottom, guys. You know what I'm going to say, I tell you every day, it's a pound for two months of full access to everything that we do on the website and the podcasts. You'll get access to everything that's written on the web, some wonderful stuff on there. A pound for two months, great bargain. And all you have to do is hit the button, www.celticwave.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Now, Aidan, the Champions League campaign came to a halt last night. Celtic were beaten 5-1 by Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. Our predictions were quite good. I said one each, you said two each. But there you have there you have it. We were the eternal optimists. But I think on reflection, you look at that and Celtic were beaten by a far superior team, weren't they? But no disgrace because they... They kept going, they kept playing their brand of football and Anne said he was proud of the players for their efforts in the European campaign this season. And that's the only way you will learn is is by playing these teams and gauging yourself against them. Yep, we're not there yet, we've fallen way short. But do you agree with Angie? you proud of the players and proud of the way Celtic have performed in Europe? Because they have stuck to their gun, stuck to their principles, certainly Angie's principles and played the Celtic way? I've definitely been proud of the players, I would say, at times over the course of the Champions League campaign. The fact that you've been playing teams who, on paper, maybe with the exception of Shakhtar, are a lot better than you. And they've not sat back. They've, as you've said, played exactly the way the manager wants them to in terms of his tactics and his system. So I think there has been positives to take from the Champions League campaign, Tony, which I know we have already touched on. Uh, I think particularly after the recent draw with Shakhtar, and I know it's it's not easy to come on after a 5-1 defeat, regardless of if you're playing the European champions or not. It's still not nice conceding five goals. But there was positives to take, and I'm sure we'll come on to it, but Celtic had plenty of chances in the game yeah. to score more goals. It, it could have been a bit of a closer scoring. So, yeah, overall, I, I would say at times the players have conducted themselves well, but it has been a bit disappointing. We can't get away from that. Sons of Scotland says, Tony, we dare to dream. If you don't dream, then what's the point? My sentiments exactly. And here she is, Leslie Devine. Morning, guys. Brilliant experience last night. We celebrated Jota's goal at a win. Now, Leslie Devine won the competition uh, for the subscribers to go to Majid. I'm delighted that you enjoyed it last night, Leslie. And also, Callum McCauley, our TikTok Celtic Way star. He went along too as part of the experience and he put some experience up on TikTok. Now, if you go on to TikTok, you will see a video that he put up, Aidan. Uh, and if you log on to at the Celtic Way underscore on TikTok, Leslie took along a special guest as well. It was a copy of my book, wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, you'll see the video on the Aaron Callum's recorded there. Uh, some of the adventures on the trip and the experience for TikTok. It's really good. But I would direct you to that because you'll see Leslie as well. And uh, yeah, Leslie, delighted that you enjoyed the trip. I'm 
I'm glad uh, it was. I'm glad Jota scored, gave you something to celebrate, Aidan. That was the, the high point on the night, wasn't it? And Jota looked very lively when he came on. Yeah, Jota did look very lively when he came on, Tony, and he was trying to get at the Real Madrid defence. A couple of times he was actually in good positions and maybe his decision-making could have been a wee bit better, but obviously his decision-making was spot on when he curled that free kick in. It was a wonderful goal and you could see how much it meant to him. And even though it was very much a consolation strike, it was good for the fans that had travelled over there in their vast numbers. And a lot of them were also in the stadium to get something to cheer about, like Wesley was saying there. But also, Tony, you're going worldwide. <laughs> I, I, I will, yes. And that, thanks to Callum McCauley, to be fair to him. Callum, the big plug. Uh, I think Leslie wants it signed, so we'll try and arrange that for her. Uh, I'll certainly do that. It's very humbling that somebody would ask you to do that. So um, I'll gladly uh, sign the book for you, Leslie. Uh, we'll get in touch with you and sort that out. Indeed, uh, yeah, well, I think the Celtic fans have gone worldwide as well with their display last night. I think uh, they, they cheered their team for the, for the whole game. But, Aidan, what you said there, uh, if that game finishes 6-3 or 5-3, you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Because despite the fact that Celtic won three and four goals down, they were still attacking, trying to score goals, and they still created chances. And I guess the two teams, it showed the calibre. You know, Real Madrid were professional, clinical and ruthless. What's the hallmarks? I've, I've written a piece today and it's saying that's the hallmarks of Celtic domestically. That's the level that you have to aspire to. The Sons of Scotland said, dear to Jim, that's the level you dream of playing at. They're just something else. They're different gravy, and it's no no wonder they're the Champions League holders. Yeah, the score lines that you sort of mentioned there, they, they would not be an unfair reflection if that had been what had happened. There, there was plenty of opportunities for Celtic across the game. Once again, I'm sure we will touch on them in detail, but Kyogo had one. Uh, Kyogo had a couple, actually, uh, and I think Jota's maybe decision-making in the second half could have been a wee bit better. So overall, there was... a. Uh, opportunities. But I think across the course of the Champions League campaign, there has been positives to take that we have mentioned. Once again, when you've just lost 5-1, it, it can be hard to see them at times. But I think your piece did sum it up quite well, Tony, when you said that's sort of the level that Ange Postecoglou wants Celtic to get to. He wants them to be clinical to that extent, be on the front foot and dominating at the highest level. So... Yeah, overall, there was there was plenty of positives to take from the whole campaign, but some disappointments as well. The, I put the link to the piece in the comments section there, guys. Get your comments coming in. Uh, Pete McGee, Courtois earned his wages last night. Now, it doesn't help, Aidan, when a team like Real Madrid get two penalties. Uh, basically, a, a two-goal start. <laughs> See what I mean? Uh, Celtic were up against it, but they did well to come back into it, and Abada last night won the penalty, and he put in a, a dangerous ball across the face of goal, where if Maida had a gamble, he would have had a tap in. Abada, for me, that was two good moments, but he wasn't in the game often enough, and obviously our Achilles heel now is penalty kicks. Was it with Celtic and penalty kicks? Aidan, what's, what's the problem here? I know it's been frustrating in, obviously, the last couple of games. Juranovic overall does have a very good penalty record, Tony. You know, he'd scored his previous five. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, Yakimakis had missed that one at the weekend. But I did think, you know, 
this is the sort of guy you want taking the spot kick, but it's probably just been kind of the same theme going through a lot of the Champions League games, not taking your chances, unfortunately. And that was another big missed opportunity. But, yeah, it's something, I think, overall, in the last few years that Celtic have struggled with a wee bit of times has been penalties. I know Edward was good at them, but he's in that kind of COVID season, he did miss a couple. Uh, Ryan Christie had missed a few as well. I particularly remember him missing one against Rangers at New Year, about three years yep. ago, or just before New Year, I should say. Uh, the last kind of real solid penalty taker I can remember, with the exception of Giran, which, you know, still scoring five out of six is a pretty good record. Uh, and if you're, but the last sort of solid penalty taker I can remember is Moussa Dembele in terms of yes. the amount he scored. I know he missed one away at the new camp, but someday with our stats, could maybe pull me up on this, but that might, <laughs> that's the one I can think that he missed for Celtic, uh, as far as I can remember. So, yeah, it's probably something they need to work on, but I don't know if it'd be controversial, but I would still be keeping Juranovic on penalties for now, to be honest. Because uh, he, he has scored five out of six, you know what I mean? Those of a certain vintage will remember Tommy Gemmell taking penalties for Celtic Aiden. He went before uh, my time, Tony. Uh, before, but... before my time as well, but I'm, I'm reliably <laughs> informed he only ever missed one or two and he took he took all the penalties for Celtic. So uh, I think you see uh, uh, an old dad reference, Aiden, he used to do the hot shot Hamish and just blast the ball, you know what I mean? The neck busting the the goalpost down with him as well, but there you go. John Boy VR having a pop at your old dad here saying, Tony, you need a job on TV in that advert. Indeed, job search. Indeed, you do. If <laughs> you say indeed again, <laughs> great shows you guys. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm not aware of saying indeed a lot, but clearly I do. So I'll, I'll try and I'll try and can that. But Aidan, any more takeaways from last night in terms of positives? Bearing in mind Celtic were missing Carter Vickers, Carol Starfelt came back in for his first minutes of the season, which was a surprise because we thought Welsh would have came in and you had Abelgar possibly playing there. But, uh, you know, so that, that was fair enough. Uh, Callum McGregor's missing two. Jota started as a sub. So, you know, though, those are three big players for Celtic last night. I know Jota came on and scored a wonderful goal. But, you know, I... You, Anne said, talking about they're on the right track, I have to agree. I think Celtic are on the right track, and he is going to play that. He, is, he went toe-to-toe last night with Real Madrid, and they've been about an over on the end of a 5-1 scoreline. But again, uh, they created chances, Aidan. It was, it, was, it was there for them at times to score goals. No, I completely agree that Celtic are on the right track, and this sort of... Champions League campaign in the long run will improve all the players. It gives them the experience at that level. It gives them the confidence that as much as maybe they didn't take all their chances, that they did play well in periods across really all the games, maybe with the exception of away from home to Leipzig, which was a wee bit disappointing. They, they showed that they, this style can be effective at the top level. So having a year of that can only be good. So hopefully, if Celtic are successful this season and you return to the Champions League next year, they'll be all the better for it. Yeah, and that's what the manager was alluding to, that uh, he's no doubt that the players will be better. I think he put, he picked out Rio Hattati and Matt O'Reilly, and he said what you have to remember is those two players, it's their sixth game at that level. You know, there's not many with experience at that level, and I know taking a hiding is not a great experience, but there has to be some learning part of that experience that you take away and you take something from it that if they do 
win the league again and they go straight into the group stages that they will be better next year, assuming the manager and all that that core and squad of players stay together. That's important, Aidan, moving forward, isn't it? Definitely, and there's, there'll be no shortage of things that uh, Ange Postecoglou and the man in the coaching staff, sorry, all learned from these six games. Uh, even maybe matches when fans are thinking oh, there wasn't really a lot to be positive about that. Maybe such as the Leipzig away game, with the exception of Jota's goal, there'll be plenty of things that they can touch on and use to make the team better going forward. And I really hope that Celtic can keep a, a good chunk of the current crop of players for next season. Uh, I know it is going to be tough given that. Well, the World Cup, obviously, there'll be a few players away to that that puts them in the short window. And the, the Champions League performances have been have been good from some players. So, come the summer, they, they could be in demand. But if Celtic can hold on to a good chunk of these players and then maybe get a few more quality signs across the next two windows, there's no reason in my, in my mind that Celtic can't go and do a bit better next year in the Champions League. Whether or not that's picking up some victories, getting to the knockout stages, I don't entirely know what it's going to look like, but I think they're definitely on the right track, Tony. No doubt about that. Mark, he says, our team that finished the game more looked more like a Champions League team than the one that started it. Okay, and bearing in mind that Callum McGregor used to come back into that and Cameron oh, That's a big bow. Exactly, that's a big bow, not having... That's your captain and then what's effectively looking like your vice-captain out pretty much, so... That, that's got to be taken into consideration for last night as well. And Andrew Galea says, I'd rather lose trying to win rather than hanging on from the kickoff. I think that's what Celtic supporters have admired about this Champions League campaign. I wrote it in that piece that, you know, it was all played on Andy's terms. Celtic played their brand of football last night. <laughs> Real Madrid played theirs. <laughs> there was always going to be one winner because. They're a quality team. They're the Champions League holders. You're playing them in their own backyard. But I I was still... Whilst I didn't think anyone in particular was a standout for Celtic and the team performance wasn't particularly great, they still created enough problems and could have scored more goals playing the way Ange wants us to play. So if anybody can see that there's development there in progress, then, you know, I... I scratch my head there, Aidan, because I think they are progressing. You can only measure progress when you play against the best. We know we came up short, we get that, but there has to be, it's, I think the manager will be all the better for the experience, and I think the players will certainly be all the better for the experience, and we will really know, uh, we won't really know until, as you say, they have to knuckle down and win the title and get straight back into the group stages and then take it from there. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the style of play that creates the chances. If, yep. if Celtic were just sitting back and putting 10 men behind the ball, it, it wouldn't... You would know where... Maybe you would get the odd chance from a set piece or something like that, but you wouldn't get as many opportunities as Celtic have had. If we'd, could, if we'd just been a bit more clinical... I mean, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, last night, the, the opportunities, you know... The, the one the, the one that immediately springs to mind is, you know, a great cross from Maida and Kyogo. You yep. don't know if he gets a shout off a bad or not, but he just tries to stretch at it. If he leaves it, it's, it's nowhere near a tap in for a bad, but that might have been the better way to go. I was class that. It's quite a good opportunity, Tony. I don't know if you agree with that. I've seen a wee bit of debate about it online, but. That's a brilliant opportunity. A bad has to shout to him. 
or or Kyogo has to position himself better because I mean the, the ball across is class. What more do you want? It's on the money. It, the keeper can't come. It's in that no man's land for a non-Russian striker. And if a badder, you know, a badder should really be screaming at Kyogo to to let him deal with that. You know, if Kyogo's on the stretch, which he was on the stretch, but I didn't understand why he had to be on the stretch because I thought the minute Maida gets the ball. He's got to anticipate that that's what he's going to do with it. So that, that was a big disappointment for me that they didn't score that because I, I genuinely thought that was a golden opportunity. I thought Maida played particularly well the first half offensively and defensively, but like like a few of the players, he seems to fall out it a lot in the second half. I noticed it as well with, with Moy as well. And, and whilst I thought Matt O'Reilly was just, he kind of walked that tightrope after he got the yellow card, didn't he? Yeah, he had some nice touches and some good passing, but you could see he didn't really want to commit to a few challenges that he usually would have been kind of getting right stuck in about it because, like you say, he was on the yellow card. But just to go back to that chance, you know, if it does, Havada has given him a shout, obviously we never really know because you can't tell from the TV footage, but Havada's the person you would want that to fall to. Mm-hmm. If you're in the box, he's so lethal. That's probably the one person you would back in the whole team to take that chance, even though it would have still been some finish because obviously Courtois had a good game as well. But in, in terms of other other chances, obviously there was the one that Kyogo kind of got played in. I think he's probably what we doing a wee bit better. I know he did force a save from the keeper, but uh, it, it reminded me a wee bit see the one he had right at the start of the Shakhtar Donetsk away game on match day two. Yeah, that yeah. was a bit Obviously, it was about, was about 90 seconds in or something to get played right in. And that's a chance that he would have been backing a player of his quality to score. And then I know obviously Hatati, he forced a save from the keeper, but that was a bit of a harder chance. It was a really good strike and it was a good save from Courtois. But so even without talking about the penalty, that's kind of the opportunities and two really key opportunities that Celtic had. So yeah, yeah. that is something I'm sure the players will be a bit frustrated when they look back on. No doubt about that. Gary McDowell says Kyogo's trying to stay on side. I, I I totally get that. Gary, yeah, but I'm of the opinion you you ram it into the net, you ask questions later, let Val deal with it if that's the case. But and to be fair, if he's worried about being offside, then he's, if he can anticipate a bad a zero or a bad I can give him yeah. a shout, he can just leave it. Do you know what I mean? Because he wouldn't yes, have been interfering with the play. But what can you do? Of course. Uh, now, we've spoken about the high point, which was the goal, but lots of people want to talk about Marquis, some goal from Jota, Sam Harty. Morning, Sam, how are you doing? Peach of a goal, Jota. Yeah, John McGlinchey. World class goal from Jota, he says. So yeah, uh, girl, yeah. I can't believe we missed that penalty. I just thought, you know what? I, I just thought he hit it at the right height for the goalkeeper. I wasn't sure that it was a great penalty either because uh, I mean, uh, if guys are going to miss fine, but I, I don't know if he struck it with real conviction, did he? Maybe he did. I don't know, but I just thought it was. I, I don't think. Courtois had to dive too far to to save it, you know. So it was just a right height and pretty weak penalty for me. And I don't know if it was just indicative of Juranovic's game last night because I thought he was well off it. And it was reflected in my uh, detailed player ratings. I gave him a four. And I thought Greg Taylor was off it too by his exceptionally high standard. But I think the three defenders had a hard time trying to shackle essential Vinicius Junior and uh, Ian Other, whose name escapes me, uh, 
Valverde. Valverde know, so, was very, very good, as he was yeah, in the first game as well, Tony. Exactly. exactly. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't envy any Celtic defender trying to uh, trying to shackle them, you know. Sam Hartley says JJ lacked conviction. I, I felt that too. I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but, you know, so there you go. And you, we can't be passing up penalties like that because at that moment in time, I think if you score that, you're back in at 2-1. I think missing that penalty knocked the stuffing out of Celtic a wee bit. It definitely did, and the team did take a wee bit of a dip in confidence there. And uh, there was obviously the Almo did a few chances after that, and you were slightly concerned that I know it ended up turning out to be quite a bit of a thumping in the end, unfortunately. But you were worried that it was maybe going to go that way even in the first half. And just when you talked about Iranovic maybe not hitting the penalty well, I don't know how much stock you can put in this, but it, it did look like. He was a bit nervous when he was running up. Now, don't get me wrong, you see players that look a bit nervous sometimes and they end up scoring mm-hmm. a brilliant penalty. So, whereas, which isn't like him, given that he's usually so confident. I mean, you remember the one last year when he penanked that away to Bayer Leverkusen. So, yes. we, know, we know the quality he's got. So, maybe that was kind of just mm-hmm. showed how the players were feeling at that stage in the game and that they'd already missed a couple of chances. And so, he was like, I've got to score this. It's, and then, obviously, he didn't, but... Like I said earlier, I would still be keeping him on penalties at the moment unless somebody emerges because he scored five out of his last six. Yeah, I just think it rocked Celtic a bit. You know, and I, I think what the, the you know the heart they would have got from scoring that penalty, they would have puffed their chest out, went right, we're back in it. And you never know, it could have had the adverse effect. You don't know how Real Madrid would have reacted to conceding. And, you know, Celtic might have gone up the way they were playing. They were, they were still attacking. So who's to say that, you know, they, they would not have created chances themselves. But I just feel kind of, I think there was a collective kind of uh, bubble burst moment for Celtic at that moment in time for the players, supporters, obviously the management team as well. So, you know, but I I, I have to credit Celtic for the sense that they got the reward by, by scoring. They, they just wanted to score against Real Madrid at that, at that level and show that they could. But... They did, uh, you know, I, I, Sam Hartley says here, Real Madrid played with real confidence after the penalty miss. I, I think they did that. Again, I go back to, it. you know, professional, clinical, ruthless. You can be that on the Champions League stage. I know they've got far superior players, but you have to dream, as Sunder Scotland said, to aspire to that level. And that's the way Angie's going to play. And that's what, that's the way he wants his Celtic team to play. And, I admire that. I think you have to give credit to Celtic for that. So, yeah, did they come up short? Yeah. Will they learn? Time will tell. But as a Celtic, a professional clinical and ruthless domestically, then they want to transfer that onto the European scene and that will only come out uh, next year if they win the title, get back into the group stages and everybody's still together. But I, I still feel, uh, I, like yourself, Aidan, that's what I want to watch. That's a Celtic. That's the way I want my Celtic team to play. No, yeah, I completely agree, Tony. And we've seen with teams across other Champions League groups that even if you're sitting in against very good teams, it doesn't really make a difference. If anything, it's just making it harder for yourself because you're not then getting the opportunities to score up the other end. So, yeah, I've got no doubt that this is the correct way for Celtic to try and play, as long as Andrew's the manager anyway. And we know he's not going to change, so... Would as well just sort of go on with it at this point. <laughs> and lots of people coming in and saying that uh, 
They're favouring Ralston over Juranovic. Pete McGee, Ralston looks more assured than Josip Juranovic these days. That might be controversial, but I mean, it's it's a, a school of thought, Aidan, is it not? Yeah, I can understand why why people are saying that. I still personally believe that Juranovic is the better player. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm a big fan of Anthony Nelson as well. And there's no doubt that uh, Juranovic hasn't hit the forms, ha- hasn't hit, sorry, the form that he did last year because uh, he was one of the most consistent players, really, from when he came in. Um, and he obviously had to play that first game left back at Ibrox. And then really from that point on, he, he was excellent. I thought he was one of the best players last season. But he, he has struggled a wee bit. Uh, but maybe if he goes to, if we can get through these three games, if he goes and has a good World Cup with Croatia, maybe into the sort of spell after the World Cup break, that'll sort of kick him on a wee bit. But yeah, his performances have dipped. I don't think you can doubt that. And that's not even just to do with him missing the penalty last night. As you mentioned in your ratings, Tony, overall he did have quite a poor game defensively and both offensively as well, which usually going forward he's always quite solid, even if he's struggling a wee bit at the back. So... Yeah, he, he, he did struggle last night, but hopefully he gets that out of his system quite soon. And Andrew Gilly also says, I know Juranovic's a Croatian international, but Ralston's a Scotland international just as good. And Sam Hartley agrees with Pete McGee on the money with a comment about Josip uh, Juranovic. And Pete McGee comes back in and says he thinks that Juranovic has been affected by all the talk of a big money move. Still love him as a player, but he's dropped off it. Uh, only... Players can tell you if they've been affected by that, but I don't. I don't think it helps when when speculation leaks out like that, and you know, and it's before a big tournament as well. And yeah, you know, that's I. As I say, players are, you know, they're responsible for their own performances and their own mindset and their own thinking. I'd like to think that it doesn't have an effect on players, but I guess it's only human nature. And I think he commented at one point when Atletico Madrid wasn't it was supposed to be shown interest. And he said yeah, he was they, flattered. Were the, they were the first team that was linked with him. Obviously, after he ended up being, but yeah, yeah, he said he was flattered and all that. But then, so I, I, you know, players are players are human. They hear things, and their agents always tell them stuff as well. So, does it affect performance and form? I don't know, but I, I think it's clear that you're in, it's just suffering from some kind of form dip, Aiden. At this yeah, minute. yeah, definitely. I, just to touch on that, the only thing I would say is. Hans Postnikoglu very much strikes me as the sort of guy that now that he's got the sort of team, he's sort of, now that he's brought in a lot of players, I don't think he would be playing him if he felt his head had been turned that much. Sure. Obviously, we know last season Ryan Christie and Edward did play then sort of leave the next day after the game against Rangers, but the squad was quite limited then in terms of numbers, so he had no real choice he had to play them, otherwise it would have just been probably young players he had to throw in. I don't think at this moment, if... That is the case. Juranovic would be involved, really, Tony. I don't. I don't know what your thoughts yeah. are on that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with that. I agree with what you said there. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Juranovic uh, just has to knuckle down and you know help Celtic win the next three games before the World Cup break. Hopefully, have a decent World Cup and then come back reinvigorated by playing at that level as well, and and help Celtic win the title if indeed he's still there in in January because he might still be uh, the subject of bids. But yeah, I. Uh, but if Ralston has to come in and deputise for him in the meantime, then I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I like Ralston, I like his attitude, and I like what he gives to the team uh, whenever he plays. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with 
whoever plays a bit like Jack and Marcus and Kyogo up front. I'm not too perturbed who plays in that position. So if Ralston comes in for Saturday, then so be it. Uh, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't upset me greatly. Then let's put it that way. But I mean that I think Ange also mentioned the fact that Courtois had a decent game, Aiden. And uh, the only thing that beat him was a thing of quality and beauty from Jota, which I think Celtic deserved for the performance on the night. No, of course, and we know Courtois an excellent goalkeeper. I mean, he got man of the match in the Champions League final just a few months ago. He's a high quality player, and they did have to pull off some good saves, but it's it's always a, I suppose it is a bit uh, crazy when obviously a team just beat you five one and you're still still praising their goalkeeper for having a great game. But that that is kind of what happened. It, it was just one of those games. And just to touch back on what what we were speaking about earlier, if it had finished as you were saying, you know five three six four or something like that, I, I don't yeah. think that would have been an unfair reflection given the chances. But obviously it didn't, and it finished five one. So it's all hypotheticals, but. Yeah, no, Courtois was good, and you can see why he's, he's playing for the European champions. Were you excited by Celtic during the Champions League campaign, Aidan? Did they get you up off your seat? Oh, no, they, they 100% did. I mean, particularly the, the first game against Real Madrid, even though that was that was a 3-0 defeat, obviously, and that first sort of 55, 60 minutes was excellent, and they were really, really unlucky not to score one if not two goals in that game and even though you sort of left that game that night having lost 3-0 you could tell that the fans were they weren't they weren't annoyed by that compared to previous European defeats at home and you've been yeah. kind of just outplayed by far lesser sides that that wasn't really the case in that match so that that gave me a lot of confidance and then the, the Shakhtar Donetsk away game obviously it, it was frustrating like I said at the time but such a, to see Celtic put on such a dominant performance in the Champions League away from home was something that I, I didn't think I'd be seeing anytime soon. And really, just when we're talking about hypothetical scorelines with, with that game last night, if that match in Warsaw had ended 4-5-1 at Celtic, I don't think anybody could have complained there either. So yeah. that's kind of two examples of uh, matches, Tony, that in sort of moments that I felt, yeah, Celtic do belong on this stage, which... I know it can maybe be hard to say sometimes when you're sitting with two points and bottom of the group, but I don't think it's a fair reflection of the Champions League campaign overall. I also think, as the manager said, you were up against a fantastic team last night. Of they course, a yeah. Fantastic, uh, an amazing team. Yeah. off the bench, who's just won the ball <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... the, the, there was a point, and I think Sam Hartley spoke about it and agreed, that just after Celtic missed the penalty, when the front three... They were just knocking that about for fun and the Celtic defence had been dragged around all over the place. And you just thought to yourself, they are different gravy. They're on a different level. And and I get that, that they have the money and they can afford these kind of players. But to actually see them up close and personal and, and watch it, you thought, that's a joy to watch at times. And yeah, that, that's where you want to be. And you want to pick your wits against that. And you want to go toe-to-toe and compete. And you can't... Uh, you can't knock Celtic for trying. We aren't we aren't good enough to compete with the Real Madrid of this world. But I think given time and you're saying, but we will at some stage be a more competitive team. We're on the right road and I'm sticking by everything that we're doing and, and particularly proud of this group of players. So I, I'm I'm optimistic. 
that Celtic can do what you said there, win games in the Champions League and dominate the way they dominated against an, an opponent like Shakhtar uh, in the future. Real Madrid is always going to be a step too far, but I still think that at home you could maybe give them a bloody nose. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's probably so in terms of short-term goals for Ange Postnikoglu, if he hopefully does stay at the club for years to come, would be even next season. A team like Shakhtar are trying to beat them home and away. He was talking about sort of like gradual progression, etc. And his last couple of post and uh, pre-match Champions League press conferences for the for the last two fixtures. If if you're getting to the stage at next season, you're sort of even finishing third, maybe a close to coming second, and then the season after that, you're building on it again. I know it's easy for us to just sit and say that it's actually the players need to go out and do it. But if that's the way it's, it goes, then. I think fans, the fans would be happy with that. It, obviously, it, overall, it is frustrating, and yeah. I know the statistics show it's Celtic's kind of worst performing ever Champions League campaign. But I, I really do, don't agree with that sort of point of view. Obviously, statistically wise, it is. But you think about some of the sort of kind of just drab campaigns that you maybe just get one more point because you won one game, but the majority yeah. of the football was defensive, and the other five matches you weren't really in it. Whereas at times, Celtic have been in all six games they've played. Yeah, Sam Hartley, it's a joy to watch, but not if you're on the end of it. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Sam, but it's just something you have to tip your hat to say that they, as Anne said himself, they're a fantastic team. Andrew Galea says they were miles ahead of us, but Celtic kept going at them whenever they could. And 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 that's what I admired most, Andrew, as well. And John McGlynn, she totally agree with us with what you were touched upon, Aidan. Celtic at least must be competitive for third place. Yeah, competitive for at least second stroke third place, Aidan, not bowing out of Europe. I would see that as progress if they get into the Champions League again and they are competing for the runners-up spot in the group because you're always up against it with a pop. Whatever pop one team you're going to get, they'll always be favourites. But at least stay in Europe if you can and finish third and, and grab a Europa League spot. And I think that's... I'm agreeing with John. I agree with yourself. I think Celtic have to now, if they're going to learn anything, be fiercely competitive in Europe at least to finish in the top three in future Champions League groups stroke two second or third and we'd be looking for to you know to see that there has been signs of progress but I still believe like the manager that the Celtic are on the right road. No yeah absolutely and I think that would be a really good sort of indicator next season if that did happen second stroke third that they have learned from some of the I don't even want to say mistakes, but some of the issues that have also cropped up in games this season, uh, that I think that would show that they've went away over that. Sort of, obviously, it's going to be near enough twelve months before you're back in the Champions League if, if you do win the league yeah. this season. If they can show over that spell that they've went and worked on the issues, and you do finish third, potentially second next year, then that will once again show everything I'm just talking about progression and that the team are on the right track. Sam Hartley says. Winning the Scottish Premiership was a target so that Celtic are back there next season. Yep, I agree with that. And Brian Roberts says, let's go win the league first. Indeed, that, that's a... Uh, sorry about that. That was a... Uh, uh, yeah, so Brian Roberts, let's win the league first. Indeed, I think uh, I think that's what Celtic will knuckle down and do, though. And said he keeps reiterating that message, Aidan, that if they can replicate those performances domestically, again, they'll be hard to stop. Yeah, no, they will be hard to stop. And if 
if you've put chunks of that performance last night into the sort of Scottish Premiership, 90% of games you are scoring probably three, four, five goals. Yep. And you've already seen evidence of that, given that we scored. There was a period you scored nine against Dundee United, four away to Ross County, then four at home to Rangers. So we've already seen evidence that that is the case. And yeah, obviously, like a few of the commenters were saying there, it just need to kick on now, try and win the league to get back in the Champions League. Hopefully do well in the Cups. So, yeah, there's plenty of positives to take and a lot to look forward to for the season despite the disappointment, Tony. Yes, indeed. Any more takeaways from last night, Aidan? Anything else catch your eye? Uh, the only other thing was I, I thought overall Carl Starfelt done okay and it was really good to see him back because I, I know at times he maybe became a wee bit of a scapegoat last season, particularly at the start, but I thought once he got those performances at the position, uh, system, sorry, as much as Carter Vickers was the standout, I thought Carl Starfield was really good last year. So it's good to have him back and that will only kind of improve the defence because they have been leaking quite a lot of goals, not not just in Europe domestically as well in recent times. So hopefully with him coming back and Carter Vickers returning to fitness soon, that's you sort of getting that spine part of that spine back that was so effective last season when they won the double. Yeah. I I I thought he did okay. You know, I know it was his first he did game. better for the fourth goal, I think it was yeah. the one that when I say junior scored. But he's he's not kicked a ball for almost two months as yeah, well, and, and so. I, I put that down to ring rustiness, basically. Exactly. That was his first minutes of the season, so yeah. Uh, it was he he was all right, he did okay. But I think like most of the players uh, you know, it was kinda there wasn't many high scores, Aidan, let's put it Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. He wasn't last standout or anything. It was yeah. just good to see him back, given his injuries and stuff. Well, Celtic will lick their Champions League wounds, Aidan. They'll try back to the domestic chores and try and win the Scottish Premiership title for the second season of own. Hopefully they can get back in and play again at that stage. Guys, thank you for your comments today. Uh, been a mixed bag of comments, but yeah, indeed. Yeah, Celtic bow out on a low note with being beat 5-1 by Real Madrid in the Champions League but still plenty of optimism abound Aidan Oh yeah no plenty of optimism abound and obviously just want to touch on again uh, congratulations to Leslie for the comp- yes. winning the competition and of course uh, you'll be getting that same book fired over soon Tony <laughs> Yeah and if you haven't seen it go on to at the Celtic way underscore TikTok and uh, watch the wee video. You'll see Leslie beside Callum McCauley. And uh, I thank them very much as a, a wee bit plug for myself on that, which was very kind of them. But uh, yeah, it's, it's worth seeing. And you'll see Leslie still smiling. Uh, glad you had a wonderful time, Leslie. Uh, pretty about the result. But you got a Jota world-class goal to, to cheer at least, didn't you? Oh, I know. It was an absolute screamer. And... I think that a lot of the fans would have been delighted just to have something to cheer about. Yeah, and Sam Hartley will end with this one. Sam Hartley, thank you, Sam. Despite the defeat, great show, Tony and Aiden, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you, Sam. That's very kind. Uh, we'll reconvene tomorrow and we'll talk domestic stuff, Dundee United, preview the Dundee United game, Aiden. But thank you for your contribution, Aiden. That was excellent. First Cheers, class. And guys, thank you for the uh, contribution today. Really enjoyed that. Despite the 5 1 scoreline, Pretty much positivity and not much doom and gloom here, guys. Have a good day if you can. We'll reconvene tomorrow. All the best. Take care. Cheers, guys.